Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. hang out. I think it's safe to say that now uh, this place is a refreshing place as well. Uh, We want to share from God's word just briefly this morning with you, uh, if that's possible. We'll see. see. But uh, we're we're excited because we have, I think, seven people getting baptized out there after, after this. So... Praise the Lord. We're going through a series at uh, Washington right now on, uh, on Romans chapter 12. And Romans chapter 12 is all about community. Paul kind of gives this great foundational piece all the way through uh, chapters 1 through up to 11 on kind of who the church should be, who is Jesus, why it should be the way it is. And then he gets to a point where he kind of breaks things down and says, now we need to talk about how you should treat each other. And now how, this is how it should look inside the church so that you're different than other people around you because you shouldn't be the same, right? And, and so he goes line by line in this masterful way all the way through. And as Pastor Chris or Bishop Chris and I were, were talking leading up to this, you know, he said to me, he said, I think we should speak on peace. 
And I said, you know, I think that works because literally as we're going verse by verse since the month of June through Romans chapter 12, on this Sunday, the 12th of September, I want to I read to you the verse that we're supposed to preach on as a church this morning in light of what Bishop Chris said. So I'll show it to you right here. This is what God's word says. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So I said, Bishop Chris, that sounds like a good idea. Let's talk about peace. Because <laughs> we didn't have to change that much in order to talk about peace. So apparently the spirit of God was talking to you about what to talk about. So I'll start into this a little bit, and then we'll go back and forth. But uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting about this that Paul says right here as you see it, he says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you. That word possible in the Greek comes from the word dunamis, which we get our word dynamite from. So literally, Paul is saying to us as followers of Jesus, and this, this is not just about peace with each other inside the church. This is peace with anyone you encounter in the world which is a challenge, right? It's one thing for us to be nice to each other, and that can be hard as it is, but it's a whole nother level for God to say to us, hey, to everyone you run into, you, need, you bring the peace of God with you. For, it, for as much as it is possible for you, for the power that's been given to you, again, that word dynamite, right? Explosive, powerful, breaks things, divides things, explodes things, breaks causes new roads to be built. That's what we're supposed to do for as much as it is on us. But also, for Paul himself, he recognized there's a clause there, it's not always possible every time. Right? That's why he says what he says. But for as much as we can do it, we need to be doing it. Whether that's in here or out there, that's our call. That's our invitation. Um, I, amen. I, I agree with that. Um, I, you know, Paul. Paul said, "If, if, if much as possible." And so, when I when I thought about that, Pastor, I thought about that, and I thought about what would not make it possible. And what would not make it possible is two things. What would not make it possible, he says, it, it depends on others' attitudes and their responses. That's what would not make it possible. Well, what, what do you mean? Well, when you go to pursue peace and they don't receive it, so others' attitudes and their responses. But the other thing that would not make it possible is your attitude. And your response, because in order to pursue peace with someone else, you must have peace within yourself. You cannot pursue peace with someone else if you are not at peace with yourself or, about, or, or not at peace with the situation. Because even though sometimes the situation seems as if it is not a time or even possible to have peace. But that's why the word of God says he gives us a peace of God that surpasses all understanding. 
Because where you should be mad, where you should be upset, where, watch this, I don't know if nobody's going to understand this, where you know they did you wrong, where you know that they may be at fault, but to, now there's a big one, to still pursue the peace with them even though they did wrong to you. But that is where, that is where the God in you begins to reflect out. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If we take on the same attitude and the same mind, it's not coincidence you're in, in, in Romans chapter 12 because I believe I've been preaching out of Romans chapter 12. Dealing with the mind. If, if, if we don't have the mind of Christ, that's key, at least, you know, for me, then if we don't have the mind of Christ, then how can we pursue that peace with someone else? Yeah. Yeah. I love that verse about uh, the peace that passes all understanding. And it's, it's a reminder to us that oftentimes we don't get it, right? It's a peace that transcends our ability to comprehend and, uh, and understand. Um, one of the things that, that, that I was talking to my wife earlier in the week, and I was telling her that we were talking about peace and in relationship with people, and she said, you know, please let people know that peace, pursuing peace with people is, does not mean that you try to people please. That's good. Right? So a, as believers, we, we are not called to, I can't take credit for that. I'll let Ann take credit for that. <laughs> but um, as, as believers, we are called to pursue passion and righteousness and love. But we are not to lay down. We are not to roll over. We are to be ourselves in humility with the grace of God, carrying the presence of God with us. But that doesn't make us a, a, a doorstop. You know? Yeah. 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 You know, and when you look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17, um, Hebrews says, uh, pursue peace with all people. Pursue peace with all people. But here's the thing. And holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So without peace and holiness, no one shall see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone shall fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, grace of God, lest any, uh, and, and by this become defiled. He said, it, you know, the root of bitterness, and it causes trouble, and by this, we become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane persons like Esau, uh, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright, for you know that afterward, that when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Uh, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligent with, with tears. So when I look at that and we talk about the peace of God, when I look at it, I start to realize that oftentimes is the reason why we don't, we don't pursue the peace of God um, is because we have a root of bitterness in us. We have a root of bitterness in us. And, and, and here's the thing. And, and he said, lest any uh, root of bitterness is springing up causes trouble. And by this, many become defiled. And I don't know if it's just me, but all of us in here know somebody 
And, and if you don't know somebody, maybe you're that person. Um, but, but know somebody that it seems as if they can't get along with nobody. Nobody. No matter what, what department they go to or <laughs> what job they have. Or it, and and it's, it's, because, it's because there is a root of bitterness of something somewhere down inside of them that causes them, watch this, and, and it's, it causes them not to have the peace of God. And so when they don't have the peace of God and they're in, in, in they're in, they're in turmoil on the inside, they start to bring turmoil on the outside. And it just so happened, you on the outside. Right? And because you on the outside and you work next to them or you're in the car with them, <laughs> whatever. And so it's just like, it's... You know one of those people, oh my God, when Ann comes around, I need two coffees. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's because they don't have the peace of God. They have a root of bitterness somewhere inside of them. And then when you see that, and, and here's the thing, now you know what to pray for for them instead of becoming offended. Now you can recognize you don't have the peace of God on the inside which causes things to manifest on the outside. Amen? That's good. Uh, what I want to do is I want to take back, you know, as we look at this word peace, I think oftentimes it can be misunderstood. Um, for us, I think as, as Americans, we can think of peace as the absence of war, right? Being calm. And that is not at all what, what the scriptures mean by peace. And that is not at all what God means by peace. We look at this word, it goes, it harkens back to this word shalom. How many of you guys have right. heard this word shalom before? Okay. Yes. So you've heard it enough. So obviously when Paul's writing, he's writing not in Hebrew, he's writing in Greek. And so he's using a different word, but that word he uses means shalom. That's what he's, he's pulling back from. Okay. Irene is the word he uses, but what he means is shalom. So I just want to take a moment and I want to define that word for us so we can better understand what peace is the peace of God is and what the peace that should look like in our lives so that we can live that peace out as Bishop was talking about. So shalom is not the absence of war. Shalom is everything in the right way, the way God intended it to be. That's it. That's shalom. It's wholeness. That's it's it. completeness. It's fullness of God. That's at the very heart of God. That's what God wants. I'm going to give you some, some examples of that. We look back in Genesis chapter 1, we see that there was chaos. And then what does God do? God speaks into the chaos and brings order and fullness and rightness. That's shalom. And then what happens in the garden? Adam and Eve fall, right? And they give in to temptation. And then it falls back into chaos once more. And then God brings shalom again through the flood, a renewal, okay? What? washing clean with the waters, which is what we're going to do with baptism outside in just a few moments. But then even after the, the washing of the flood, we see that the humanity descends back into chaos. And it is not until Christ comes that that shalom can be restored through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And we see this. I want to share a verse with you from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. If you ever want to know what God wants... Here it is right here. It's a profound, powerful verse. It says this. He made known to us 
the mystery of his will. So if you, again, you want to know the will and the heart of God, this is it. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. So all of this happens through Christ. It's not possible without Christ. To be put into effect when the time reaches their fulfillment. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's shalom. Unity in heaven and in earth and all things under Christ. Can I tell you this morning that a picture of that is happening right here in this building right now? Yeah. With us coming together. Yeah. Okay? It's a beautiful thing. And I know you've heard this. You know, they say that Sunday is, is the most divided day of the week, right? And so for us to come together, we've been friends for, I think, almost 15 years now. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's so hard to break habits of calling you Pastor Chris. I'm still getting used to Bishop, but hey. um, for a long time we've and been And we friends. have the same last name minus one syllable. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, he's, that's... Uh, he's Kroll. He's he says Kroll. C-R-O-W-E-L-L. And I'm Raul. R-O-W-E-L-L. Yeah, and when we first met, he gave me his email address, which is C. Raul, which is right. my last name, right. at Yahoo something. And so I was like, what's... We got to... We need to hang out if we, we're like brothers almost, pretty much, right? Minus one, one, one letter. So we see that God invites, and it's at the heart of God to bring shalom into humanity, into our lives, into the lives of every single person that you encounter. That's what God wants. But he wants us to be the vessels to live it out and to show the world what that looks like. It's amazing. You, you used two phrases, my brother. You, you said the fullness and if you look at Ephesians chapter 3, and um, we look at verses 18 and 19, Ephesians says uh, that, uh, let me just go up one verse, 16, that, that he would grant you, according to the riches of glory, to be strengthened with, with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, here's 18, May, able, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That we may be filled with the fullness of God. That we may be full. So how do we obtain this, this shalom, this peace? is that we must have the fullness of God. And when we don't have the fullness, that means we are partial. And that's why we seek out things that would try to fulfill us when truthfully what we are seeking out is the shalom of God. It is the shalom of God that brings the fullness in us. And that's why... Some of us can relate to the Kenny Rogers song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Come on, man. And when truthfully we're looking for that, that, that's how we obtain the peace of God. Our minds, our spirits begin to rest in the power and in the wisdom of God. Then he started talking about, my brother mentioned, um, talked about the, you know, the power of the resurrection. Now, this is interesting uh, because as, as I was studying and I started to look at um, how beautiful the word declares in Isaiah 
that one's feet is the ones who brings about peace. And so when we talk about the power of the resurrection of God, I'm going to go back to my notes, is, is, is John says, watch this, John 14 and 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So that means that Jesus' death and resurrection purchased my peace from God. Oh, come on. You got to research on that. You don't realize your peace has already been purchased by him. Calvary purchased peace. It purchased, it purchased. That's why we, that's why we have the peace of God within us. And I wrote it down, and I have to be honest, the reason why we lose the peace of God is because we've lost a peace of God. I think you got to say that one again. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. We lose the peace of God, the shalom of God, is because we lose the fullness of God. We lose the peace of God in us. And any time, and you be honest with yourself, any time that I'm separated from him, I get anxiety. Come on, man. Anytime I don't pray like I ought to pray or I know that I'm missing in prayer, <laughs> I'm talking my private time. We're not talking about a church. And there becomes this little gap, there comes this distance. And let's be honest, you start not to sleep well. Right? You, 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 not, you don't enjoy the day as we ought to enjoy the day because we're missing the fullness, the wholeness of God that's in us. And any time that I get to that place, I know that I'm, I'm, there is a, there is, I'm missing a piece of God within me. And so I say it again, his death, burial, and resurrection already purchased it. And all you got to do is cash in. Amen. Yes, go to heaven and say, I'll take some peace, please. Yeah. Well, right now. Well, right now. Yeah. Right. Why not now? Yeah. I want to share with you just, just a couple verses that I want to walk us through kind of the mind of God, if, if, if I can uh, dare to do so. And what I want you to see is that invitation for peace has been there all along. Yeah. Right? Since the beginning, it's been there. So give you some examples. Numbers chapter 6, you've heard this before, this is the famous kind of benediction, the Aaron uh, priestly benediction, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you what? Peace. Okay, so literally how, the, how God wanted to come bring his people together, so this is, this is the, uh, right after Exodus where the people have left Egypt, he's trying to establish them and give them an identity of how to be and what is that identity he wants wrapped around his, a relationship with him is peace. Yeah. Okay? So that's the first thing. The next thing we read in Isaiah 9, 6, we are told about who Jesus is. And, and Pastor Chris got in, or Bishop Chris, got into this. And I'm going to take it a, a little bit further. He says this. And he will be called. This is about who Jesus is. Yeah, man. Wonderful counselor. Yeah. Mighty God. Everlasting yeah. father. Yeah. What is his name? Prince, Prince of, of peace. peace. That is his job description. And what Jesus does and the work that he did, and you see the encounters he has with people. 
people who are, can't see, people who can't walk, people who are afflicted in some way, people who have demonic possession about them, they are in, in living without peace in their lives because they are not whole. And every interaction that Jesus has with these people, he makes them whole again, returns them to the way God intended them to be. That's what Jesus does because he is the Prince of Peace. And then we look at his death in Isaiah, or in, in uh, yes, in Isaiah 53, we have that description. He says, he was crushed for our iniquities. Yeah. The punishment that brought us what? The chest. Peace. Peace. Yeah. peace. That through his death, we are given access to peace, to be made right with the Father, to be made right with the triune God. That's the role of who he is. And then later on, he says to his disciples in John 14, 27, he says, what? The what I leave with you? Peace. My peace I leave with you. And he says, this peace is going to be different than anything you've ever experienced in your life. And I'm handing it off to you as I depart, as I go to give my life away so that you can experience that peace firsthand in your life. Not so that you can hold on to it yourself, but so that you could give it away to everybody you encounter. That's... That's what Jesus does. That's who he is. That was his role. That was his purpose. That was a part of his fulfillment. And he's done that for us. And so for us to not walk in peace. Are you feeling me? Yeah, man. For us to not walk in that peace is to say that the cross was not enough for us. Right? It's to say that we are not living into the wholeness of what Christ died for. And we're leaving something on the table when we have every right to take it with us and run with it. That's the invitation that we have as followers of Jesus. And here's the thing. You, you, you said it, and I was already it's written down in my papers. John 14, you say it right here. And when you look at John 14, 25, even through, what is that, 31, that whole section is the gift of his peace. See, when you, you look at the 27, he said, now, you got to catch this. Peace I leave with you. Now, catch this. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. You got to catch it. So peace I leave with you. Now he leaves, watch this. God, now see, because see. Can we play the drums? See, the world has the opportunity to have peace. Because he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Hello. So that's what he said. I'm going to leave a peace. I leave peace. But with you, I'm going to give you my peace. A peace that says I'm about to be crucified, but I still not say a mumbling word. God in here. That I may be going through test trials and tribulations, but at the same time, he holds me still because, because I have something on the inside that gives me peace. There is a difference between a peace and God's peace. And what I thank God for is as a believer, we have the right to the God kind of peace. Am I talking right? Are we talking right this morning? We have a right to the God kind of peace. Oh my God, you're going through so many things, but somehow you come to work with a smile on your face. And it's, watch this, it's not that I don't get worried, but it's the fact that I know who my hope lies into. It's not the fact that I don't go through the same tests and trials that you go through, 
but I have something that I lean on when I feel like giving in. He said, that's why he says, so my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, but let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ooh, I feel like running. He said, don't let it be afraid. I know what the doctor said to you, but you don't have a reason to be afraid. We, we understand what some things come against us, but we don't, we don't get afraid because God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. But of what? Love and a sound mind. Sound mind sound like peace to me. Sound like peace. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say peace. All right. See, this is what I bring. I'm caliente. This is what I bring. I bring a little, but I, I love feel it because it. you. I can feel it. I can you, feel you, it. You are the educated, good side of us. We need both. Right? We need both. I want to go back to what Bishop said earlier, because as, as we kind of wrap things up before we go outside and, and, uh, and we get to celebrate some more, and then we get to eat together, which is all, always great. Yes, sir. Always great. Um, and that he brought it up earlier, and that is it, it's, a, it's a deep spiritual principle that I've learned in my life, and that is you cannot give away what you do not have. Okay? So Write you, that down. You need to... We need to learn to be peace cultivators in our lives. That's good. Right? We need to be able to be open and saying, Lord, I need it for me. I need to take it in for my soul every day. We can't miss. Every day we need to be going before the Lord and saying, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your spirit. Guide me along the way. And then with, a, with an expectation that you're going to leave and pour it out to others. Right? And it doesn't matter how big your cup is that you're receiving in as long as that cup is available and it's full. You can keep pouring it out because guess what? God's going to keep filling it up, right? Especially when it comes to peace. You can have a big cup and that cup can be empty and it's not helpful. Or you can have a small cup that's filled and you keep pouring it out and God fills it and you pour it out and God fills it. And so this morning, we want to invite you into that peace. We want to remind you that that peace is available. The peace of Christ is available to you through a relationship with Jesus. And we need to be, again, we need to remind ourselves of that every day. We need to come before the Lord and see, put our face to the ground and say, Lord, meet me here. Give me your peace. Meet me where I am. Regardless of where you are, give me your peace so that I can make it through the day. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it through the day. And if I am, it's only on my power. And that, I know that that's not anything I want to operate on by myself. I want to operate on your power and your strength and what you have for me. Am I stealing your words again? No, man, you're good. Um, I, I wrote this down, and I, I want to give this to them before we wrap up. He said, if all possible, pursue. The word pursue is, 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 means in order to catch. The other definition is attack them to pursue. And when we look at John chapter 13, verse 35, he said, he said, he said, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, and by this, all will know that we are his disciples, is to pursue not only the God kind of peace for ourselves, 
but pursue the God kind of peace for others. Amen? And so with that, that means to attack them. Yeah. That's why he said, love those who despitefully use you. You have to love your enemies. And so instead of, watch that, instead of attacking our enemies or those that come against us with words, why not bombard them with the peace of God? Or show them the peace of God. Yeah. And that's how we will begin to draw them into the kingdom of God by having the peace of God within us that we can then display to them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Um, and I shared with the people of Washington, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, people are watching you. They're watching your life. They, they want to see why you're different, especially if, if, you've, if you've shared your faith with them or they know you follow Jesus. They're watching to see if you fail. They're watching to see if you succeed. They're wanting to know, is there anything different about you than there is about me? Mm. And it, part of our job and our role is to, to show and answer that question that is yes. There is a great difference. And as we carry the peace of God in us, it changes us as beings. It changes our countenance and our face. It changes our attitude. It changes our emotion. It changes everything about us. And that's what the transformation in a relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's what Paul says. We are a new creation, not an old creation, not a secondary creation, but brand new in that way. And so what we want to do is we're, we're going to, we could, he and I could go on forever and ever. Yeah. We really could. But uh, we got people that but we want to watch be baptized. So I, don't, I want to invite you to do this. If you want the peace of God this morning, I want to invite you to stand up and join us. And, and let me say this while you're standing, while we're all standing. First Peter, and this is not coincidence, and you can go home and read it at your leisure. First Peter chapter 1. Verses 1 and 2. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It's not by coincidence. Peter declares that our peace can be multiplied. Mm. It can be increased. So maybe it's not the fact that you don't, it's not the fact that you don't have the peace of God. Maybe you just need the peace of God in your life multiplied. Increased. Somebody say increase. increase. Which I love because Peter's the one who would have seen Jesus multiply and increase, increase. to feed the people. Right? Yeah, man. So that, I think he's, he's writing about that. Yeah, man. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to put a hand on somebody next to you. Okay? It might be somebody you know. It might not be somebody you don't know. That's okay. This is what we're doing this morning. Okay. And I just want you to, to, to uh, join me in a, in a prayer. And I want you to speak this over them as we go. Father God, give this person your peace. Fill them with your spirit. Commission them to live for you. As they run into hardship and trials, may the, your peace come out of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.